folks welcome back to the norwood noise podcast it is thursday march 2nd and welcome to the best month of the year graham you, you agree with me right come on there's no no real debate no i i think you're 100 percent right um i think only the world cup has it beat in terms of the best sporting event mm-hmm. uh in the world uh but definitely in america i mean just all the emotions that you pack in i i think that it's great that you have some of the best teams competing for the coveted one spots, but you also have schools that can change their entire trajectory as a university mm-hmm. competing. Um, it's best sporting event. I'm always excited when March comes around. We jokingly say that it comes earlier every year because uh, of how high stakes some of these conference games get in February. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and I think this week, this past weekend, showed it. Um, yeah, so let's get to get to breaking it down. Um, of course, myself, Evan Chabot, alongside Nor, uh, alongside Graham Griffith here on the Norwood Noise Podcast. Welcome in. Thank you all for joining us here on this lovely Thursday evening. Um, probably get this up Friday morning. Uh, that way you've got it before the weekend. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we were just talking, a uh, little plan just to keep our listeners, give them a little heads up. Um, going to be tough to uh, get in touch over um, over the spring break period while – um, I'm in New York following the team. Um, Graham's at home. Just going to be a lot of moving pieces. So I think we won't be able to reconvene until Selection Sunday. Um, but in doing that, we're going to come back in a big way. We're going to break it up into like four mini episodes, one per region, break down all the matchups, get get, get through everything, um, and give you kind of four episodes throughout that Sunday and that Monday um, so you can enjoy that before, obviously, the first four kicks off on Tuesday. So I have a lot of content coming your way. Of course, we'll cover the tournament um, as best we can, and, and of course, it's going to go by uh, you know, quicker um, than we can even, even believe it. So let's get right into it. February 25th, uh, last Saturday is where we last left off. Clemson getting a big win over NC State, still staying in that tournament conversation. I think they're still in the bubble. Um, as well, so getting a big road win there over a tournament team in NC State. Villanova continuing to roll. I mean, we talked last time about how they came into the Cintas Center uh, and took care of business and, and really just looked like a solid, well-oiled machine there um, against Xavier getting the win there. And they just uh, knocked off Creighton over this past weekend, one of the hottest teams in the Big East. They won by 12 at home, so a great win for them, kind of getting them rolling into the tournament. We were I mean, Obviously, we were talking earlier, but... Graham, definitely not someone you want to see here uh, come the Big East tournament. And definitely someone that, you know, I think not only us, but a lot of teams and, and, you know, large, you know, media, you know, personnels and things like that are are keeping an eye on um, come this postseason play. Because, of course, Villanova is always a force to be reckoned with. 
um, and now that they're starting to get hot and uh, and look like the old Nova, um, definitely worth uh, worth taking note of. So yeah, having all the talent in the world um, from top to bottom has you know kept them afloat. But the fact that you know Kyle Neptune's getting his feet wet back at Villanova in the head coaching position, and another big thing is that they finally stayed healthy. You know, Justin Moore finally finding his groove. Uh, Longino and Cam Whitmore playing together. Uh, they have one of the best records um, when they both play. I think it's 11-4 and four now um, when both of those guys play, which is unbelievable um, what having your complete unit can do for a team. So Villanova has definitely looked like one of the better teams in the Big East uh, the past month or so. Yeah, of course. Definitely worth uh, mentioning that. Also on the Big East note, Marquette outright Big East champs after being selected ninth uh, at the beginning of the preseason um, and producing the the now kind of infamous Tyler Cole quote of, you know, F him uh, after being asked at Big, Big East Media Day um, what he thought about them being picked ninth at the start of the season. So good for Shaka Smart. Um, awesome to see that brand getting rolling again. Um, obviously tough for, I think, a lot of Xavier fans to swallow because, you know, it was that road game at Marquette that really kind of was the tale of two paths there for Marquette and, and Xavier. It was for Marquette it was, you know, now we're gonna cruise onto the onto the outright Big East title and for Xavier, you know, have a little bit bumpier road down the stretch. Um But definitely excuse me. Uh but definitely, you know, a, a good opportunity for Xavier. Um and obviously still great to be in that conversation and, and lock up the two-seat here heading into the Big East Tournament. So we'll get into more of that later. Um, of course, when we get to the Musketeer more games we're talking about. Uh, Michigan State-Iowa, one of the craziest comebacks I've ever seen. Iowa's down 10 with 40 seconds to go. Um, this is just after, of course. I'm sure all of you that listen to this podcast saw the clip of Fran McCaffrey absolutely stealing um, an official soul, uh, just staring at him. For about 30 to 45 seconds. Looked like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, you know, and they both took a couple steps in, which that's when I started losing it. And the best, too, is like the commentary. I forgot who was on the call. Um, but they did a great job. I think it was Robbie Hummel was on the call because they cut over to the, the, the you know, this camera shot of them just staring at each other. And Robbie Hummel just goes, what, what is going on here? Like, I mean, just perfectly coined it. Um, so definitely uh, a lot to think about there. Not a great look, I don't think, for Fran McCaffrey in Iowa. Um, but, man, I, I guess it flipped something because, uh, you know, they win they win in overtime there in Carver-Hawkeye, and then they go into, into Indiana earlier this week in the middle of the week and absolutely run the Hoosiers out of their own building. Um, so definitely, uh, you know, get, getting things going in the right direction for Iowa, getting close to that bubble talk, but don't know just yet about their fate. Oklahoma and Iowa State. Uh, Oklahoma gets a big win on the road. Um, they're probably out of the tournament for sure, fourteen and fifteen. Um, but Iowa State, man, stumbling like like quickly losing seed lines. Like they went from at one point late January, early February. Hey, like this could be a you know two three seed somewhere in there. Now like they might be a six or a seven. You know, so Iowa State definitely one of those teams is just tired of playing the Big Twelve. They're ready to get to postseason play, um, but they still got that Big Twelve tournament coming up. Same note, TCU goes on the road, gets a key win against Texas Tech uh, to keep kind of rebuilding after getting some guys back from injury. Um, also worth noting, uh, Arizona State and Arizona, this was like one of the best finishes of the weekend. And, and Graham, you know, you and I, we watched it live together. 
I think that's kind of what made it so special is that we had all these insane moments, you know, this past weekend. Buzzer beaters, you know, just just great finishes across the sport. Um, but being able to catch all of them live was was almost made it so much better. So, yeah, this was one that I uh, got to see, you know, a 60-footer um, from beyond half court um, go in and, and, and win it for Arizona State and, and get them a huge win for, for tournament conversation. They're playing UCLA, UCLA right now. Um, I know it was close at halftime. We'll have to see how that game wraps up. Um, but, yeah, definitely good to get them in, uh, in, in the conversation of the tournament there and a, a great road win for Arizona State at the cross-state rivals in Arizona. Alabama got a good win over the weekend. 86-83, continuing to just take care of business. They got a good win over Auburn as well in the middle of the week. Um, continuing to just check the boxes here uh, amidst all the controversy and uh, definitely some tougher games in the conference down the stretch here. Kansas State gets a huge win on the road at Oklahoma State, one of the hottest teams in the country right now. Um, good good win for Kansas State. Really solidify kind of that 2-3-4 conversation for them. We'll see how the Big 12 tournament goes for them, but definitely um, kind of nearing towards the top there. Baylor got an unbelievable win at home against Texas. Just really put them way down the stretch. Won the game 81-72. Uh, great win for them in a top-10 matchup over the weekend. Kind of those top three teams, Baylor, Kansas, and Texas, solidifying themselves as, as really the cream of the crop there in the Big 12 towards the end of the season. Um, very excited to see what they do as well in their postseason tournament. And as you know, kind of we outlook to March here pretty um, coming up pretty soon. Definitely going to be a lot of great uh, moments out of those three teams. Mississippi State, huge win uh, at home against Texas A&M, 69-62, trying to keep themselves in that um, tournament conversation on that bubble. Uh, watch, but man, they're they're in a really tough spot. Ten losses in an SEC league. Um, a lot of up and down moments in the season. Um, not loving uh, where Mississippi State's at, but might still have a chance. Florida State, another buzzer beater there. Great, I mean, twenty five point comeback, which is unbelievable for a team that's nine and twenty um, to do at Miami, their biggest rival and one of the best teams in the ACC. Uh, but a buzzer beater to win it. They outscored him 54-30 to 30 in the second half. 85-84, they get the win. Um, Cleveland hitting the winner there for Florida State. Just an unbelievable moment. Definitely one, you know, uh, you know we caught caught wind of and, and was really a memorable one that, that really made the night, you know, pretty special and memorable. So that was a fun one. Um, later on in the evening, North Carolina getting a much, much needed win against Virginia, winning by eight at home. Um, despite being outscored by eight in the second half, um, they kind of got outplayed there in the second half. Virginia really ramped it up, ramped up the defense, started scoring the ball a little bit more. Still a great win for North Carolina um, to really push themselves. Still closer and closer to that bubble talk into the field. Um, I don't know if they're there just yet, uh, but definitely closer. A little mid-major love. San Jose State, given Boise State a costly loss. San Jose State wins 74-68. Boise State, got to avoid those if you're trying to be an at-large out of the Mountain West. Um, losing those bottom half teams are not helpful. And then kind of the one that I had circled personally as the game of the night was Indiana-Purdue. 79-71 win for Indiana. Really just not even close. Um, pretty much the whole game, Indiana did an unbelievable job executing through and through um, and just kind of made it a no-doubter, which really surprised me. Uh, Ingram, I'll turn over here to you in just a second. Um, but I, I was surprised that inside Mackey, Purdue didn't put up a little bit more of a fight. But, you know, as we've talked a lot recently, a lot of this Purdue hype, you know, in recent years, it's kind of not really come to fruition. 
Um, and this seems to be the, you know, I guess the hypest of all the years. Um, you know, National Player of the Year and Zach Eady, probably, you know, one of the National Coaches of the Year, if not the National Coach of the Year, Matt Painter, you know, really looking at a, a very star-studded team here. And are they starting to, you know, show some weaknesses, get a little shaky? We'll have to see once we get into March, but definitely some things to keep an eye on there. Gonzaga, great win uh, against St. Mary's at home to secure a share with them um, of the WCC title. And then San Diego State, New Mexico, another one that ended in a buzzer beater. Um, San Diego State, 73-71, hitting the buzzer beater at the end. Um, absolutely outplayed New Mexico in the second half in their own building. Um, and again, New Mexico, really tough spot there. you got to win that game because now I think they're kind of on the outside looking in of the field and would have to get a lot of wins in that Mountain West tournament to get back in the conversation. So with all that being said, I know that was a lot. I apologize. Graham, I'll turn it over to you. What were your favorite moments of the weekend? Obviously, you had you know a couple buzzer beaters in there, you know, three buzzer beaters, an insane finish in Iowa City. Um, what were your biggest takeaways? What are you looking at it here as we as we enter you know March second now, truly into the into the month? Yeah, a big storyline has to be the Indiana Purdue game. Um, just you know, it's a physical presence between you know Trace Jackson Davis and Zach Eady. Um, and I thought it was pretty unbelievable that Purdue was able to handle Trace Jackson Davis in a game that Indiana pretty much dominated. I think that's a testament of like how different the supporting casts have been uh, this season for the respective teams. Um, Indiana just showing uh, their level of talent from top to bottom uh, really proved to me that they can make some noise uh, in, in the big dance um, because – you can't just rely on you know one guy uh, when it comes down you know in the bulk of the game. Obviously, you're going to rely on your guys um, you know in the dying embers of a game. But when it comes down to you know these huge NCAA tournament games that are coming up for Indiana and Purdue, um, I think it showed the difference uh, in the supporting cast. Big storyline for me was North Carolina. Um, you know, comes in, you know, as a preseason number one team, and then there was talks of them not making the tournament. The fact that they were able to get a big quad one win against a, a pretty dominant Virginia team um, shows that they could be ready to make some significant noise um, in the ACC tournament. They've been raking together some pretty uh, solid wins. Um, you think they're in the tournament right now? I think so. Okay. And. You know, once they're ready for the ACC tournament, you know, make some noise and get into the NCAA tournament pretty handily. Uh, I think that's good for their momentum as they try to replicate what they did last season. Um, moving on to uh, the San Diego State New Mexico game. New Mexico was one of the best teams in the country to start the season. They yeah, were the last, last yeah, team, right? last undefeated team, and then they're just really shaky at the start. Uh, Mountain West play and then you know they were piecing it together looking like a more solid team um, they had a big win over against a ranked San Diego State team they were looking good and then San Diego State just came back out of the blue and then obviously winning at the buzzer um, really got rid of a lot of um, security that New Mexico once had being an at-large bid um, in the Mountain West these last few games for them and hopefully a long run in the Mountain West tournament is vital uh, for New Mexico if they want to try and make um, the tournament. Moving on into some Big 12 play, Iowa State, as we talked about at the start of the recap, 
um, dropping a pretty brutal loss to Oklahoma at home. Um, that's bad news for Iowa State because they were dropping some really important games towards the end of their season. Um, and what makes it even worse, uh, Caleb Grill being suspended indefinitely from the team yeah, is really bad for them. He's been their third leading scorer all year. One of their go guys um, that was propelling them to be a really solid uh, Big 12 team at the start of the year has really shaken some things up for them. Um, this could very well be something that was really you know, holding them back, and maybe this is the move that gives them you know, a cleaner locker room and a more concise vision on what the rest of their season is going to look like. But at the end of the day, you're getting rid of one of your more productive players. So it's interesting to see how they can respond. Um, TCU, again, Evan touched on it a little bit. They've been trying to find their momentum after having some injury-ridden uh, bulk of conference play. Texas Tech was a hot team, you know, getting some bubble um, nods here and there after having a pretty uh, abysmal start to Big 12 play, you know, raking in some big wins, but that that train has fallen to a, an abrupt an abrupt stop um, after TCU gets a crucial win. Uh, you know, I think that was like a game of two teams really needing to cement themselves at where the rest of their season was going to head. Um, and TCU took advantage of that uh, opportunity. And lastly, uh, out in the West Coast Conference, St. Mary's Gonzaga. Uh, St. Mary's got the better of Gonzaga, which really propelled them um, to sit at top of the West Coast Conference. And then Gonzaga, you know, looking for a share of the title, um, comes in in really Gonzaga fashion like game. Very uh, fun watch at the end of the night. For yeah, sure. just being super, super hot early. Uh, looked like it was going to be all Zags for most of the game, and St. Mary's are really has been a second half team all year. Kind of looked like the better team for a little bit, but then Drew, Timmy, and company really showed that um, Gonzaga is going to Gonzaga. I think that while this isn't as talented as a team as we've seen in the past couple years, they still have some very good pieces, and I think Mark Few is kind of cementing himself as one of the best coaches in college basketball. After not having that coveted Final Four for a while, um, now that he has that under his belt, um, he's really making some noise out in the West Coast Conference. Getting that big win um, showed that you know St. Mary's can have their fun, but at the end of the day, that is Gonzaga's conference. For sure. Um, it's Gonzaga's conference to lose. Yeah. So, the big, big weekend. A lot. Those buzzer beaters were awesome. Fun to watch. We were shuffling around all day. Um yeah, didn't have enough screens. Yeah, so that was a great weekend for college basketball. Let you know um, that March is coming. For sure. Um, Sunday, and maybe this isn't the biggest headline of Sunday, but we got to note it, Ohio State won a basketball game. Won a conference game. First time since late mid to late January. They get a win at home over Illinois. And I, I only mention this really because, Illinois, what are you doing? Like, you got to win games on the stretch – Year, and they are you know edging closer and closer to that bubble territory. Maryland absolutely rolls Northwestern and other Big Ten news. And then the Big Ben, the Big Ben Ten, wow, the Big Big Ten game. What kept wanting to say Ben Ten? Go back to my childhood. Um, of the of the day was Michigan Wisconsin. Awesome game between two bubble teams. Hunter Dickinson hitting another buzzer beater just to add one to the weekend. Um, Sunday afternoon, you got one to send it to overtime, and Michigan goes on to win at home. Really fun watch there. 
And then also Drake and Bradley. I, I gave it some love last week. Got to mention it. They were playing for the uh, for the Missouri Valley title uh, in, in at the end of the regular season. And, and how often, do you, I mean, really in any conference, so rarely do you see the regular season coming down to the final day. The two best teams are playing each other. Uh, winner gets the outright. Loser goes home with nothing. I loved it. It was an awesome atmosphere in Peoria. Packed house. Uh, and Bradley really controlled the game from the outset. Um, and it was just a really fun watch on a, on a Sunday afternoon. So wanted to give that some love. Um, and I would love for a Bradley Drake rematch in the in the Arch Madness final. It, that'd be a good one. So Monday, um, North Carolina continued to take care of business. Got a key win there. Um, and then a couple of notable results, Big 12-wise. Baylor took care of Oklahoma State on the road. Oklahoma State skidding. Um, need to hang on here. Still stay in that bubble conversation. And then West Virginia just piling on on Iowa State, winning at Iowa State, which not too many teams have done this year, and for a team like West Virginia to go do it, really helpful for their resume, um, and they're still definitely in that conversation for a uh, kind of for a bubble spot there in that 10-11 seed range. And then Tuesday, Marquette wrapped up that solo Big East title. um, Excuse me. And then uh, Virginia got a good win at home, taking care of business again, beating Cleveland. Um, and then Iowa, again, mentioned it earlier, went on the road, rolled Indiana, not even close, no doubter there. Duke wrapped up an undefeated season at home. Um, you know, still trying to figure some pieces out there for Duke, but you win all your games at home. Like, I think John Shire overall, we lose perspective here, right? Because Duke is Duke, and, and you think that, oh, they got to be a top 15 team, or they got to be ranked all year, or whatever, or it's not a good season. I think you're losing perspective that this guy has come in, and in one year, he's still gone undefeated at home in ACC play um you know obviously isn't going to win the ACC but still had a very solid season throughout and he's still going to make the tournament without doubt like he's still going to be you know three four five six seeds somewhere in there and definitely still have a chance at 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 least getting to a second weekend um so I I, you know I definitely think you know get all the credit in the world to to John Shire he's done a really good job his first year there um Nova continues to roll they get a four-point win on the road at Seton Hall um Tennessee, good win. Again, taking care of business, beating Arkansas. Arkansas is skidding. Man, they might be bubble conversation now, which is is really scary and unfortunate for them. Boise State responds to the earlier criticism. 66-60, great win for them at home, upsetting uh, number 18, San Diego State. Um, it's just a fun, again, fun watch. I watched the end of that one there on Tuesday night. And, uh, yeah, Boise State keeping himself in that conversation uh, for – um, that at large, that at large bid, um, and then Kansas got to give them some love here. Uh, senior night wrapped up a share, and then ended up Wednesday night with uh with the Texas loss, wrapping up the outright Big Twelve title. Again, just cannot stress how unbelievable it is. I saw this tweet. I think I want to credit it right. I think it was C J Moore at the Athletic. Um, I'm pretty sure, and it was uh, if Bill Self was a university. Like if 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 yeah, forget forget all university affiliation. If Bill Self was his own university, he would rank ninth all time in conference championships. That is utterly unbelievable, um, and not just in any conference, and consistently one of the best. And obviously this year the best conference in college basketball. Pretty unbelievable to see him uh, going and do that. And, and funny too, coming off of, and I'll even admit to this, you know, a month or six weeks ago, being like. Oh man, maybe this Kansas team isn't you know what we thought they were gonna be. You know, maybe 
maybe our expectations were too high or you know whatever and then just absolutely rolling um definitely one of the highest teams in the country right now um and yeah definitely vying for that that one you know overall one uh spot there and then wednesday just to wrap out kind of the middle of the week stuff um only really a couple big results worth noting um, obviously, outside of the Xavier stuff, which we'll get to later, Alabama, again, like I mentioned earlier, taking care of business, uh, beating an inferior Auburn team um, at home. Went to overtime. was close. Um, but, yeah, definitely uh, taking care of business there. A couple upsets. Uh, Ohio State, two wins in a row. Don't look now. Buckeyes, watch out Big Ten tournament. Uh, but they beat Maryland, which, again, is a tough one. Can't take that loss. That's that's one that changes the seed line for you. Um Notre Dame like on, on Mike Bray's final game at home. Like, come on, that's poetic. Um, pretty awesome stuff there. Um, saw that he made some rounds at the at the local campus bar last night too. Taking shots with the students. Like, all these videos on, on Twitter were pretty awesome to see Circling this morning. Good to see him um, enjoying his, his final time there at Notre Dame. They knock off a top 25 team there. Good way to go out. Vanderbilt beating Kentucky at Kentucky. I mean, just like... Weird, weird results, man. Um, a, a lot of like, I don't even know what to what to put it up to, but just a, just a lot of weird results. Kansas State gets a good win at home, taking care of business into Oklahoma. Creighton takes care of business, absolutely rolls Georgetown. Um, Graham Graham couldn't get over the fact that Gonzaga played a tune up game against Chicago State for the WCC tournament, beat him by fifty. Um, Penn State beat Northwestern in overtime. Like, what? Uh, and then, again, back to what we were talking about earlier, TCU bolstering that resume, getting a huge win against Texas, um, and starting to kind of, you know, settle a little bit, get back to where they were at. Um, and back into that tournament conversation, or not tournament conversation, but kind of those higher seed conversations, maybe looking at a top four, maybe a fifth seed overall there for, for TCU. So um, with all that midweek coverage, I'll, I'll turn it back over to you, Graham, kind of let us know where you're, where you're at, what your thoughts are, um, and kind of what your biggest takeaways are as we officially start March here on March 1st. Yeah, uh, the first one, you know, I just gave Indiana a lot of praise um, for how their supporting cast was able to do against um, Purdue, but they drop a really bad loss um, to Iowa. Iowa comes in uh, to Assembly Hall and wins 90-68. to Iowa is one of the t- best offenses in the country, but they just haven't been able to figure out uh, the defensive end. Indiana was missing a lot of shots. Their supporting cast was not shooting the ball well at all. And, you know, that, sh- that proved very costly um, for Indiana as Iowa was able to put up 90 points on their head. Um, very, very um, enticing March team um, for me. I think Iowa with their ability to get really hot really quickly um, and pour in a lot of points could really be um, a storyline for this first couple rounds. Um, I don't really trust their ability uh, to win some of those big games once you get down to like Sweet 16 and then on um, because you need to play some sort of defense, um, stop the other team, you know, because like those long runs can, you know, can do very well in those first couple rounds because usually um, based on what, well, they will be seed-wise are going to play like a mid-major team that might not just be able to compete for 40 minutes with their athleticism, you know, being on the high major Division One level. They're pouring in that many points. might be hard for um, 
you know, mid-major to keep up with them. So I could see them very well making a Sweet 16, kind of out of nowhere as like a 7th or 10th seed. Um, but unbelievable that they were able to get that crucial of a win. Um, Arkansas has really been, you know, struggling, but they've been putting together some good games. But then Tennessee um, is really trying to cement themselves. I mean, this was one of the few teams that was getting a lot of Final Four loves at the start of the year. And then they've just been dropping some very confusing games. So them able to get an 18-point win on their senior night um, has proved to be a very big win for Tennessee as they close out the rest of their SEC season. Unfortunately, though, I don't know if you saw uh, Zakai Ziegler, the Tennessee star guard, did get injured uh, in that game. And definitely, uh, we don't know yet. Um, Oh, wait, look, hold on. Never mind. Do some further reading, Evan. Oh, it looks like he does have a torn ACL. Oof. Yeah, so he's out for the year, um, which is really unfortunate. I mean, that that's tough stuff, especially for a team that doesn't, frankly, doesn't score a lot of points. Um, he was a huge offensive weapon for them, uh, and then, and that'll really hurt him coming coming down the stretch here, getting into the into the tournament. Sorry, continue. Yeah, uh, talk about Ohio State for a little bit. They're now. Uh, onto a three-game win streak. Let's go. Um, but I think the bigger storyline in that Maryland-Ohio State game is um, Maryland is almost a night-and-day team when it comes to being on home, at home or on the road. Um, Maryland was one of the best teams in the country at the start of the season. I remember we were sitting in this very room, you know, recording the pod, talking about how well Kevin Willard's been able to do in his first year. Yeah, didn't they start like 8-0 or 9-0, something yeah, like that? Yeah, they started off very well. Um, and, and then they got blown out by UCLA at home. You remember that one? Yeah, and we were kind of confused on where Maryland was headed. Um, the fact that they've been kind of a night and day team at home on the road is going to be very confusing once we get to March on these neutral site games um, to see what they'll be able to do. Uh, also, you know, TCU... A huge win, you know, court storm um, at home, you know, against ranked number nine team in the country, Texas. Um, Texas was very well uh, in contention um, for, you know, having a share of the Big 12 title. Some games went their way. Um, But then losing two games on the road has proved very costly. I mean, I was, we kind of circled. That Kansas Kentucky game, I mean Kansas Texas game, being um, kind of like the Big Twelve game of the year, you know, uh, seed implications, share the title implications, but the fact that they've and now now it's come to like, oh, it doesn't really mean all that much. Yeah, it, it, kind of an explosion in their last two games um, has put them in a really tough spot. They could very well be, you know, thirteen and four right there with Kansas. I mean, that could have been an unbelievable game yeah. that we were robbed of due to the, their two. Um, catastrophic losses that they've had. Well, I think the interesting part too, and this is what this is kind of a separate conversation a little bit, but I, I'm wondering at at what point I get I understand that they have five losses, the Jayhawks do, but at what point do you start talking about them for number one overall seed, even with the five losses, right? Like if they win at Texas, like is that enough to be like, man, like they have five losses? What's Houston have two, three, three losses? Yes. TCU? No, Houston. Uh, three. Three. No, two. They've got two. 
So yeah, like I, I understand that Houston has two losses, but at what point does two losses in the American match up to five losses in the Big Twelve? You know, I, I guess that's my question to you is is kind of where do you think they'll sit on that? You know, will Houston still get that that number one overall just because of record? Um, or does a does a five loss team like Kansas or or anyone for that matter that's kind of in that conversation? Um, like I mean, even Purdue at this point is starting to look a little shaky, right? Um, as they slip and, and lose a couple games, um, or like UCLA, I think is kind of that same boat. Um, you know, do those teams even have a shot, or do you think it's going to probably be Houston, um, just because of the fact that they have two losses in the loss column? I think um, Houston's going to be given the nod um, solely on their record as a whole, even though that their weight is nowhere near the same as what Kansas's weight is. I mean. They have 15 quad one wins, which is five more than the next closest team. Um, Houston, with the schedule that they play, obviously will never be able to compete with something like that. And I think when it comes down to number one overall seed, you know, with regional like seed lines uh, on, you know, on the line, I don't think that they would punish Houston uh, for something like that when they've been so dominant all year. Yeah. Um, I think that they get the nod. Uh, next cr- uh, game, you know, talking about uh, Kentucky, you know, there is a point, you know, after their loss to South Carolina um, and back-to-back losses against Arkansas and Georgia, we were kind of confused about what they were going to look like. But right before this Vanderbilt loss where they lost by two points, um, they racked up wins against Tennessee, Florida, Auburn, Mississippi State, um, moving themselves up to the fourth seed uh, in the SEC, or the three seed before this game, and then losing to Vanderbilt um, was a very confusing loss. Uh, but Vanderbilt, um, I think that they, they're going to be really upset about how they started this season. Um, they've raked in some pretty good wins um, towards sure. the end of the season, but they have no no future of making the NCAA tournament. I think they might it, be an NIT team. Yeah, they they could very well, you know, be right back in the NIT, which might be good for them. Uh, you know, based on you know the trajectory of their school and the team's goals. Um, but Kentucky, I think um, they're always going to have the talent, and I think Coach Cal is a very good coach to this day. Um, so them losing that game is, I think, is going to be pretty costly for them. Because, you know, they were just starting to convince everyone um, that they could be a very good team. Um, but that that might prove costly for them as uh, we get towards the end of the season. Talk a little bit about uh, Northwestern. Northwestern was getting insane nods um, after getting some big wins. Uh, they, you know, went on this really awesome winning streak. Yeah, for Purdue um, and Indiana back-to-back. Yeah, and then... They've dropped some very bad, like, losses uh, in a row. They've now lost three straight. Um, the Big Ten Come is... Come on, Chris Collins, Big Ten Coach of the Year, right? Yeah, th- this Big Ten is just such an oddball. Um, when you look at, like, the bulk of their conference, you know, Purdue's kind of run away with the title with 13-5 right now. Um, but Iowa, Maryland, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, and Northwestern are all eleven and eight right now, um, and then right below that you have Michigan State, Rutgers, and Penn State, Wisconsin, and Nebraska 
all, you know, within uh, two games of each other right there. And then there's the basement of Ohio State and Minnesota. But Ohio State's getting hot. Uh, they won, you know, two straight games, you know, starting to look um, like they remember how to play basketball. Um, I really am excited for the Big Ten uh, conference, I think. I think the Big Ten tournament's going to be awesome. Yeah. I, I think, think it's definitely going to be one of the better ones out there. Outside the Big 12, which is kind of, you know, spoken for itself all year, um, I think the Big Ten is the conference that I'm going to be most excited to watch um, because – Ohio State has a game changer on their team, Bryce Sensabaugh. Um, it hasn't translated to a lot of wins in conference play. We could definitely take over some games. And if it's going to be such middle of the pack with um, you know, teams like Michigan State, Rutgers, Penn State, Wisconsin, all in the bubble right now, um, these games are going to be very crucial uh, You know, once they get to Indianapolis. I'm super excited for how the Big Ten Conference pans out. Um, but in more important news, uh, the Big East tournament is coming around. Uh, Xavier, um, kind of was looking a little bit shaky. You know, we've been shorthanded. We had some very, like very close losses, um, against Marquette and Villanova, um, and Butler, but you know, huge back-to-back quad wins, um, and now we're looking ahead, and we have Butler on senior night this weekend uh, before we look ahead at the Big East tournament, which we have secured a very crucial two-seed. Um, you know, we're going to be playing on Thursday, which we haven't played on Thursday in a very long time. Um, kind of, you know, getting back to the old Xavier way. Uh, Evan, interesting to hear about what you have thought um, about you know, the Seton Hall game of last Friday mm-hmm. in Providence uh, yesterday as we record this. Um, so, you yeah, know, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I Seton Hall was a complete performance from start to finish, and it was something that I was a little bit shocked by. Um, obviously, when I was kind of originally looking at it, I wasn't really considering the fact that, you know, we were going to drop the game to Nova at home. Um, but I did see it as a little bit of a trap game. You know, I felt that Seton Hall was getting pretty hot. Um, they're starting to kind of get into a little bit of a bubble conversation there. Um, and yeah, I was just concerned about, you know, maybe looking ahead too much to the Providence game or whatever. And, and instead they came out and just no BS, like played a complete game from start to finish, looked great. Like, like made it a no doubter from start to finish. Like I never felt uncomfortable at any point in that game, which was awesome. I would say the same thing about last night. Except for one caveat, you know, when it did get close, knowing that it was, um, you know, at Providence, they got the home court advantage, you know, this is something we've already, you know, we saw last year. Um, definitely got a little bit more concerned, uh, but really overall felt pretty good throughout last night too. And yeah, I think both games, you had complete performances from a lot of guys. I think it was great to see Xavier being able to win in both ways. On Friday, it was very much a spread attack. Everybody got their piece in. Last night, really spearheaded by the two stars and, uh, you know, and, and Colby Jones and, and Sule Boom combining for, what was it, 64 points, right? 33 and 29, respectively. Unbelievable. Like, I don't think there's, I would say there's not two other players in the Big East outside of maybe, we were talking a little bit earlier, maybe Bryce Hopkins and Jared Bynum. But I don't think there's two players on any team out there. I'm thinking Creighton. I 
I mean, I just don't. I don't see Shireman ever getting thirty. I don't see Nemhard ever getting thirty. Watch this; they're gonna put up thirty in the Big East tournament. But my point is, Sule and Colby, they are a duo that not a lot of teams in the Big East have. And to watch them go get thirty was unbelievable. And then something Graham, you and I were talking about earlier, um, kind of in the week was. Man, you know, a concern is we just really don't have a six-man. We don't have, you know, ever since Fremantle got injured, you know, now we don't have Hunter being that kind of that spark, that six-man off the bench. Um, and we just haven't seen anybody really step into that role. Man, Des Claude played a heck of a game last night. Gave us 12 points. Gave us quality minutes. Cesar Edwards got to give him credit uh, where credit's due. Um, he had 15 minutes last night. Looked really, really solid when he was out there. Um, but really, to get back to Des, like, I think... If he can step into that role come tournament time, with or without Fremantle, I'd start to feel a lot, a lot better um, about where the team's at and about the possibilities of making a second weekend run, things like that. Um, and I didn't feel too confident about that, honestly. Um, but man, that game last night was a complete performance. And to see that we won a, a very difficult road game by, was it five or six in the end? Um without Nunji or Hunter or Adam Kunkel, none of them hit double digits. Like, that's pretty impressive. You know, you get a little bit more offensive production out of the, any of those three, um, and you win it by double digits. So I do feel really good about where we're at. Got to go take care of business. You know, get all the emotions out. Enjoy senior night. Um, take care of business, of course. You know, get the win that you need and get rolling into the Big East Tournament. We're locked into the two seed, and the 7-10 matchup that plays into us is locked as well, which is huge because that means we're going to play the winner of Seton Hall and DePaul. I feel very good about both those matchups. Um, would love to see Seton Hall again, especially after the little scrappiness and the way the, the last game ended. Um, but would love another shot at DePaul too, I think. Um, obviously, the win at home was helpful, but still, you know, feel like you got to bear those demons a little bit after a really difficult road loss um, earlier in January. So yeah, between either of those games, I, I have no issue playing either of those teams, and I would very much looking forward to that. Um, and then looking past that, you know, then then I think the pressure's off. You get to those semifinals in the Big East tournament. Um, every team deserves to be there at that point. Every team's done something to either get high at the right time or win the right games or just continue to dominate as they have all year. And I think at that point the pressure's off, and it's just time to really focus in, lock in, and execute. You know, your game plan. And, and play the game how you want it to be played, control the tempo, things like that. So I definitely think there's a great opportunity for this team kind of sitting in front of them. Um, and now I think they just got to go execute it. And I think, I really do think step one was last night um, and, and that great win over Providence and just really doing it the right way. So very excited to see what's to come for this uh, Xavier team come tournament time. Um, and yeah, man, I'm just, I'm ready to get to, to doing brackets. Like I've been, I've been itching. I've been doing conference tournament brackets. Um, Graham, you and I've been, you know, kind of going through those together. So much fun. Can't wait. Um, and obviously can't wait to be in Madison Square Garden next year. I mean, the most famous arena in the world, one of the best conference, notoriously one of the best conference tournaments year in and year out. Can't wait to be there in person for it. So it's going to be a, a good couple weeks. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. As always, um, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Norwood Noise podcast. Um, again, not going to be able to meet next week, uh, so it's going to be a you know a tough week with travel and things like that. But we'll get back to you Selection Sunday. I'm so excited that we can finally say that that's going to be the next time we're going to meet with you. Um, four separate episodes there before the tournament starts. We're going to have one breaking down each region, um, talking through all of our picks and who we got coming out of those brackets. And man. I am just so excited that the next time we're going to talk to you is going to be for those. So enjoy conference tournaments. Enjoy your respective spring breaks. 
um, and, and get all your screens going, get all fired up. This is conference tournaments is really a test run. You know, you got to really set yourself up. You know, figure out. You know, all that. You know, they forgot that this HDMI cord doesn't work. You know, you gotta gotta figure out. You know, this screen setup doesn't work. Got to be all ready. Get all work out all the kinks for the big for the big dance the week after. Um, but enjoy all the games, the spread of games over this next week. The small conference stuff. Don't 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 forget to show some love to the mid majors this weekend. They're playing for their tournament lives, and those games are always super fun to watch as well. So enjoy all the content. Going to be some great games, and we'll see you all on Selection Sunday here in about a week and a half. Good night.